Hello and welcome to episode two of Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and our Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Before we get into the topic today, I want to give thanks to the Lord. Jesus is so good and the best friend we could ever need. And recently, I found myself in a very difficult situation with a friend in which I actually did not respond correctly. I actually let fear drive my response, which is not okay. And I want to thank Jesus because although I messed up, he provided me godly counsel to help me understand my error, but not just understand what I did wrong. He allowed the godly counsel to help me understand how to correct my error in the eyes of God. And I'm so grateful for his love and his forgiveness. And he gave me a choice to follow him and I will continue to do so until I die. Jesus has really shown up for me on so many other occasions in my life. And I know that he values me just as he values you and he wishes to spend eternity with us. He wants all of us to be in heaven with him. I'm so grateful to be living in a time where we can seek Jesus and find him. I've learned a really valuable lesson about being slow to speak and to think critically for the glory of God. Thank you so much, Jesus. I love sharing testimonies and I think it's okay to use our moments when we fall short to edify the body of Christ. And what I mean by that is to use those moments when we mess up and we make a mistake and we hear the voice of God and we feel that conviction and then we do something about it. For me, it's as if we're extending a hand to someone that feels trapped in their sin. And nobody needs to feel trapped today. There is a way out of any situation that you are in. So just as a testimony can be uh, an extension of a hand, all we need to do is extend our hand to Jesus Christ and he will help us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So who is Jesus? Jesus is the son of God sent to earth to die for us in our sins. This can be found in John 3.16, and I'll be reading the New King James Version. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God gave his only produced Son to earth because he loves us so much. He really, really loves us so much. And whoever believes in him, right, not just believes that he exists, but truly lives a life for him, Jesus Christ, should not perish, but have everlasting life in heaven. Amen. So why did Jesus come to earth? So Jesus was born in Bethlehem to Mary, commonly referred to as the Virgin Mary. She fell pregnant by the Holy Spirit before she knew Joseph. Uh, That doesn't mean that she fell pregnant prior to ever meeting Joseph. It just means she was pregnant before she slept with Joseph, which is why this was such a phenomenon. And when she gave birth to Jesus, he was 100% man and 100% God. Even as a child, as he was growing up, he was always 100% man and 100% God. And the will of God was that Jesus needed to die for us all, not just the Jews, so that our sins could be forgiven. Jesus truly loves us, every single one of us, and he was sent to destroy the works of the devil who sinned from the beginning. 
I want to read from 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, and it says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Amen. So this verse confirms that he was manifested to take away our sins. So after Jesus was glorified on the cross, there was a way to resist sin. There was a way to, to have the power to not sin anymore through Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Jesus Christ came to bring a sword. And what do I mean by that? I want to read in Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 34. And it says, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So that's what Jesus means when he says he comes to bring a sword. He's coming to divide. He's coming to divide, and he's truly looking for those who are taking their cross and following after him daily. He's looking for those who are worthy of him. And in verse 39 of Matthew chapter 10, it says again, He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So I encourage you who's listening to this, Anything of value in your life, uh, like it's your job or your children uh, or your parents, uh, replace life with that word. So for example, he who finds his children will lose it and he who loses his children for my sake will find it. That doesn't mean give up your children so you can follow God. It just means don't love your children more than you love serving God. You must serve God above all things. So what did Jesus do on earth? So Jesus wasn't able to formally preach until the age of 30 due to Jewish law. And when he was 30, he developed 12 disciples before he was crucified on the cross at 33 years old. So he had three years of a very serious ministry, very intense relationship building. He traveled. Jesus truly did so much than some of us can do in a lifetime in only three years. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, it reads, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. This is what Jesus was telling the disciples. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, but beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak for it is not you who speak but the spirit of your father who speaks in you so again jesus warning the disciples beware of men 
I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. What does that mean? This earth is going to swallow you. It's going to eat you up, but don't worry because in those times of trial, I will be there for you. I will tell you what to say. I will show up for you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. When Jesus was on earth, he also did many miracles. And these are throughout the Bible. And just for a few examples, Matthew, the book of Matthew is a great example of many miracles that Jesus did. He was healing the sick. He was casting out demons. He was raising the dead. Jesus heals a leper, which is somebody with a disease. Uh, he heals a servant, a house servant. Uh, Jesus even heals Peter's mother-in-law. And Peter is one of the 12 disciples. Jesus also casts out spirits with the word leave. And I love that because today we are taught whenever we rebuke spirits and we cast them out, we say, get out in the name of Jesus because we are in the flesh and we need to call upon that power, the power that's in the name of Jesus. Whereas Jesus, because he is who he is, he is the great I am, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He speaks with authority and can just say leave. Because he doesn't need to call upon himself. He is Jesus. Amen. I'll read an example. In Matthew 8, verse 28, this is about two demon-possessed men that came out to meet Jesus. So in Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 28, it says, When he had come to the other side to the country of Gerigzenus, there met him, capital H, there met Jesus, two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way and suddenly they cried out saying what have we to do with you Jesus you son of God have you come here to torment us before the time so what does that exactly mean these demons who were in these men were exceedingly fierce they were violent and they saw Jesus they discerned the spirit of the Lord in a body and they could not understand what are you doing here in a body have you come to torment us before the time what does it mean by before the time even the kingdom of darkness knows that they lose and that jesus has a plan that jesus has a plan to be glorified the kingdom of darkness truly knows these things Continuing in verse 30, now a good way off from them was a herd of many swine feeding what is swine those are pigs so the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. Again, another example of Jesus speaking with authority because he is the Son of God. Go. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine. And suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water. Why did the swine do that? Because these spirits were exceedingly fierce. They went crazy. They drowned themselves. Something to note here as well is this passage calls out that nobody can pass by these men who are filled with these exceedingly fierce spirits. But Jesus says one word, go, and they run and they're, they're scared. Amen. Thank you, Lord. When Jesus was on earth as well, he was discipling. That was his ministry. He was teaching. What was he teaching? So many things, but one of the most important teachings he had was the teaching of repentance, and that is what this world needs today. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, it reads, From that time that John the Baptist was put in jail, John was a disciple. Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
So John the Baptist was known for preaching repentance. So when he was put in jail, unable to preach the message of repentance, Jesus himself began to preach repentance. That is how important it is that Jesus picked up right where he left off because the word needed to be released. So why did Jesus have to die? This can be found in Hebrews chapter 9 where it discusses the greatness in Christ's sacrifice. And it reads, starting in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 23, Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Verse 25, Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another. He then would have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So Jesus had to die so sin could be put away. He had to sacrifice himself on the cross to overcome sin. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. Amen. That is why Jesus had to die. He needed to die for our sins. He needed to sacrifice himself. Why? Because that was the will of the Father. So why did Jesus leave earth? So we know Jesus died and we know Jesus was crucified on the cross. Jesus was resurrected three days later. He overcame the grave. He died for our sins. So why did he have to leave after all of that? Again, it was the will of the father that he return to the right hand. Why? Jesus had to leave earth because he was sending another one. It was the Holy Spirit. In Acts Chapter 1, verse 5, it says, You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples on Mount Olives. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We discussed this verse in a previous podcast in what this is simply saying is you will get power from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. It is God, right? Once you have the power, you can be witnesses of Jesus. You can preach the gospel to all of Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria. So that's like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and the United States. Everywhere. You can preach everywhere when you have this power. In John 7, verse 37, But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, who those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Again, this is further confirmation. The Holy Spirit could not come, because Jesus was not glorified yet. So we know today, that the Holy Spirit couldn't come until Jesus died on the cross, and returned to the Father's right hand. Amen. God is so clear. God is so, so clear. 
Jesus left the disciples with a commandment to go and preach the gospel and then the end shall come. Amen. And then the end shall come. And that is what we're doing today. That is our number one goal to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to make disciples, to make fishers of men, to bring more souls for his kingdom. And then the end shall come. Amen. So where is Jesus now? Jesus is alive and he's at the right hand of the father. Soon, since we are in the end times, he's going to return first for the rapture, but he will not touch earth. He's going to return, uh, I, I believe the Bible says, with the sound of a trumpet, the voice of an archangel. Uh, and it continues and says, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those who are alive and remain will meet him in the air. We will meet Jesus in the sky. That is the rapture. And then he will return for judgment day. He will put his feet on the earth. Amen. Right now, Jesus is currently available for you and me at this time and desires that no souls perish into hell. It's a terrible place. There is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus truly wants to take us all with him. But it's our choice. Also, when we think of where is Jesus now, Jesus confirms that where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there. And that's in Matthew 18. And he says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, in the name of Jesus, I am there in the midst of them. Thank you, Lord. So it is very clear in the Bible who Jesus is, what his purpose is, where he is now. And even though we have the one true hope, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords available to us, there are still so many problems in the world regarding the teachings of Jesus. There are clear false teachings of Jesus in the world today. And despite how specific and clear the word of God is, many are leading a life where they are not allowing the Holy Spirit to give them the true interpretation of the word. These are problems within the church also. The church is refusing to preach certain things and the church is preaching other lessons falsely. It is a real problem. To get more specific, some religions even today believe Jesus is real, but they don't believe that he is the son of God, uh, the savior of this world. They think he's just a prophet. So, I mean, I believe Muslims think this, um, even Jews. Also, some believe that Jesus is for them regardless of how they act. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. Yes, Jesus loves you and he has grace and mercy, but you cannot live just within the grace and mercy because we must live within our own accountability. It's our choice. We don't just get to live however we want. We must allow Jesus to teach us. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For the purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Amen. So we are encouraged here when we serve God, we do not sin. We resist sin. We resist the devil just like Jesus resisted the devil in the desert. Amen. And Jesus confirms again in Matthew chapter 18 
Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a little child, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. It is important that we come to Jesus as a little child. What does that mean? It means we come to him eager to learn, eager to have him mold our minds, eager to absorb this new information. I have a two-year-old. She is so excited for everything I have to say. She's so excited to learn and to spend all this time with me. And that is the same attitude that we need to have when we are developing and building our relationship with the Lord. So we can't just sit there and say today, oh, I can sin and be however I want to be, knowing that it clearly says in here that sinning is the work of the devil and we cannot be his if we are sinning. And for further confirmation in Romans 6, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. And I'll pause right there because it's already said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What does that mean? Shall we continue sinning and say and believe this this lie that Jesus loves me and his grace is for me? It's okay. He understands. Jesus is not a respecter of person and he is so clear here. Shall we continue in sin? Certainly not. How shall we who died in sin live any longer in it? Or do you know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. What is the newness of life? It's a life without sin. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And I'll repeat, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive in God, Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your moral bodies, that you should obey it in its lusts. What does that mean? Do not let sin overcome you because we have dominion over sin. Why do we have dominion over sin when we live for Christ and we have the Holy Spirit? We can resist sin. Jesus has made a way through his crucifixion. Amen. And I'll continue. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Do not present your body as unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. That's me too. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Now, there are a lot of things that we can dissect from this passage, but God is very clear. We are not to be sinning. Another problem that I see so frequently is that many have so many prayers. They have so many burdens and they want to lift up their prayers, but they're praying to anything but Jesus. Those are idols. So for example, if you're praying to Mary, that is not Jesus and Mary is not listening. How do I know that you're not to be praying to Mary? 
In John 2, it says, His mother, so this is the mother of Jesus, which is the Virgin Mary, said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Even Mary says, Listen to Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 35, uh, it says, At the time Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus confirms here, no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. If we want to reach the Father God, we must go through the Son. Amen. Who is the Son? Jesus Christ. The last issue I will touch upon is this idea of self-care. The world has truly forgot that the best self-care that you could ever receive is through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. He's the best physician. He's the best. And there are so many focusing on self-care that they're trying to align to this idea of it's okay not to be okay. But there's a difference in saying I'm not okay as opposed to saying I'm not okay and here's all the things that I'm doing in the Lord to become okay. Right? Satan wants us to believe that it's normal to suffer from anxiety. It's normal to be depressed. And that's not normal. That's the work of the enemy. And there is hope in Jesus Christ. The, the devil wants you to believe that when you go out and you get a precious stone or a crystal or you go to a mystic art store, that these are things that are going to help you. And the worst part is that that's witchcraft and it will work, but it's not right because God is clear. We are to be set apart from the devil in his works. We are not to sin anymore right? So when we are going to find these alternative methods of self-care, we are bringing dishonor to Jesus Christ. Amen. And the church needs to talk about it more. The church, for whatever reason, avoids topics about demons, about witchcraft, about possessions, and it's real. The things you see in horror movies, those are real. It happened somewhere. Someone saw it. Even I myself, I have had experiences. I have seen things, and that is for another podcast. But it is a problem in this world. We need to normalize talking about these things so we are better prepared to deal with them. Amen. So in closing, it is not too late to change your religious habits. Test the Holy Spirit, and God says that. Test me in this. Test Jesus. Start praying to Jesus. Start spending time in your Bible. Take notes. Start implementing the word into your life today. Despite what others might say about you, I can guarantee that if you commit yourselves to the things Jesus says, you will see the blessings without a doubt. He is real. He is alive and his arms are open for you. He loves us all. I hope you enjoyed learning about who Jesus is and trust me, there is always more to learn. There is no one on this earth who knows everything because only Jesus knows and sees all. Thank you for spending time with me and remember, it is up to you to bring the change into your life through Jesus Christ. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.